Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Stress Sessions. This episode I'm going to be speaking to you about World Mental Health Day, my appearance on MKFM, watching the Freddie Flintoff Living with Bulimia program, leaving my job at the company which I can't save for legal reasons and basically a few other little bits and pieces which have been going on in my life which I'd just like to discuss. So firstly, going back to World Mental Health Day, I ran a competition which was based on tagging somebody into a post that you'd be there for um, forever basically and it had a really really good uptake and I'm going to be announcing the winner of that competition in due course but first I'm going to play you a little excerpt of my appearance on MKFM which is the Milton Keynes radio station that took place Probably about, well, it'd be a couple of weeks ago now. So here it is on the Paul Vickers show. DJ Snake and Justin Bieber with Let Me Love You. You're listening to MK's Biggest Hits. And I have a special guest with me this evening. We have Luke Clark from the Stress Sessions podcast. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure, mate. So you'll come to talk about your podcast, The Stress Sessions. Let's kick off with um, why you started it. Yeah, so The Stress Sessions was... I, it's been a really big personal journey for me, really, because it started out as a podcast for me to talk about my mental health because I kept it a secret for quite a long time. Yeah. And I just wanted to tell the world about it eventually, mainly because of lockdown, because it's been a really, really... It has been a stressful time for everybody over the last couple of months. 100%, yeah. But it's evolved into a lot more than just me telling my story. I've actually learned quite a lot over the past sort of two three months since it's been going so you've been doing it for two or three months how many podcasts are out at the minute and have you had different guests every show or has it just been you talking about your mental health yeah so there's seven i believe now out of the minute um and yeah it's it's, every single one is about a different topic so the first couple about me and my wife tara getting married Mm -hmm. and the pressures that that brings buying a house growing up and becoming adults and then it kind of moves on to anxiety depression and then goes on to kind of more detailed things like postnatal depression and bulimia and so yeah, covering it, all bases really, really yeah and it's it's been really interesting because i've i I, knew, I thought i knew a lot about different mental health topics before i started and mm. i really don't so yeah, it's, it's been a really, really good learning experience. And yeah, I, I can't thank the people that have appeared on the podcast so far enough because the people that have been on it make the podcast and the people listening too, so it's been great. That's great. So um, if someone was wanting to tune in and listen to you and all this stuff, where would they find it? So if you search for The Stress Sessions on any podcast platform, so Deezer, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of, any of those good podcasts or you just search for at Stress Sessions on Instagram, you'll find me there. Ah, awesome. Well, now that I've had you on my show, I really hope I get a a podcast with you (laughs) and we can talk about how crazy and weird I am. Maybe not such a mental health, just me just being weird in general. Maybe you can help me there. That'd be amazing. I'd definitely have you on my show. (laughs) Thank you so much, Luke. MKFM. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, it was really, really good to appear on Paul's show because he... He he said he said about me coming on. And I was a little bit apprehensive to begin with because I've not actually ever been on the radio before, so it was a little bit scary. But it was a really good experience just to 
do something outside the podcast and yeah it was just it was just a nice little ex- experience really and it was yeah I'm really really grateful for Paul for having me on and I'm I'm going to look forward to working with him more hopefully in the future so one thing that I really wanted to speak about on this episode was the program that was on television quite recently which was called Freddie Flintoff Living with Bulimia and it was basically about Freddie Flintoff who is a well, he used to be a very, very well-known English cricket player. He played for England lots and lots of times. And he's been on lots of different panel shows. And he's he's the current presenter, I believe, of Top Gear. And uh, alongside Paddy McGuinness. And he's he's I think he's one of the first people in, in the public spotlight at, at present to actually speak about bulimia as a mental health condition. And the first thing that struck me really when I watched that program was that I didn't realise that bulimia was kind of the blanket term for the whole condition. And I, I, I just, I just thought bulimia was kind of you, you eat food and then you forcefully make yourself sick so that you don't, you, you technically haven't eaten that food. And I think that's kind of the naivety of not really understanding mental health problems because going back to to kind of the very beginning i i and and again the naivety of everybody you don't i don't think you properly understand something until you even know somebody personally that has had a mental health condition yourself or you've suffered with it in your own personal life so again i didn't really understand what bulimia was until i watched this program and I saw it kind of as, I didn't really see it as a mental health disorder, which again sounds really stupid, but until I watched that programme, I saw it as kind of a more physical thing because it's linked to appearance. And so so basically it's where people binge on food, then force themselves to vomit or take laxatives or even exercise excessively. And I kind of understand that because that, that in a nutshell is bulimia, but I, I've, I've never really considered it as as a mental health disorder, which again, it's, it's really naive. And I think that if you're listening to this and, and again, you, you haven't watched that programme, I, I would I would strongly advise watching it because it, it's, it's educating yourself. And I think that it's so important to educate yourself on these topics rather than making a judgment because you don't, you don't really understand it until, like I said, until you've lived with it yourself, you don't really get it. And I think that by watching these sort of programs, you get to learn about the topic rather than making that judgment because you get to understand why people are living with that condition. And there's over 1.5 million people in the UK living with an eating disorder at the minute, which, which is a huge amount. And 25% of those people are male. And I bet you that isn't even the final figure. I bet that is just people that have admitted to have, to having an eating disorder, and that's not the total figure. Because I, again, that that that's a, that's a staggering amount of people. But I bet there is people that are just too scared, too afraid to talk about it, and and they shouldn't be. They should they should they should be open and speak up and get help because again like going back to world mental health day and 
there, there was a lot of lovely people I think that connected on the post that I put out. People should be able to speak to one another and talk to each other about their mental health conditions that they that they might have and if they're suffering and it's it's such a relief when you when you finally speak to somebody about something that you've been wanting to speak about for a really really long time and I think a mental health problem is exactly that and going back to the program about Andrew Flintoff it's it's really good that he's done that and put bulimia in the public eye um, as a mental health condition because not only is is he going to be able to get the help that he needs because he's openly spoke about his condition and he I mean he might he might not have a positive outcome out of it he might he might not get help because he openly admitted in the program that he he might continue to 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 be be sick and 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 not get not get help but at least he's made the people one the people around him aware that that he's got that condition but he's he's letting other people understand the condition and he's opening that door for other people that suffer with bulimia to to get help which i think is is really really brave of him and it's and it's it, yeah it's it's really really brave but going to the the start to well, going to to his kind of the point of when he started suffering with bulimia he um he basically gained weight at a younger age i think it was in his early 20s when he started playing for for the england cricket team and he he was basically called fat freddy in the press and i think that a lot a lot of people go through really negative judgment in the press if if they're in the celebrity spotlight because they're in the public eye they're made out to be this really important figure that's supposed to look perfect sound perfect and act perfect and they're just normal people at the end of the day they're just like you and I normal people doing their job that they they want to do and they they just happen to be in in the press and the public eye and he he was put under a lot of pressure at a very young age um, and in his early 20s when he's playing for the England cricket team and he got called out as Fat Freddy in the press and that's what kind of spurred him on to bulimia and I think that's disgusting really because putting people under that sort of pressure and making them to resort to have a mental health disorder is is horrible and it's taken the lives of a lot of a lot of celebrities at a really really young age so just in the last couple of years there's been Michael Talassasis Caroline Flack, Sophie Graydon, who have all been on Love Island and they're all they're all in the celebrity category. But then there's also people who aren't in that category that have taken their their lives due to bullying through trolls. And it it can it happens every day and it's it's horrible because I mean young people take their lives every day due to online bullying, so that can be bullying at school. Even even in the workplace, people are bullied and it needs to stop and we need to start being nicer to one another and understand each other a little bit more rather than looking at people's, I guess, appearance, the way they look or their mental health as a weakness because until we stop doing that and we ta- start to take things a little bit more serious and 
try to put ourselves in the shoes of other people and how they feel, it's going to keep happening. And that's really, really sad. It's really sad that it takes the death or the a celebrity coming out and talking about their mental health in in the pu- public eye to for people to start kind of understanding what it's all about and that it's just the kindness and being kind and being nice and actually appreciating each other as a, as a fellow human being to for that for for that to happen it's it's just it's just really it's not it's not good at all and I think that I'm what what I'm going to speak about now is is I'm going to bring my own personal um, experience into that. So in in the job that I've just left, I've spoke about my my job um, that I, that I, that I was at for about a year. So from October till last October till this October, um, I I was on a maternity to cover contract in in this job and. I feel like my mental health wasn't properly understood and I know that because it was it was ultimately swept under the carpet because there were two other people in my team um in, and and plus me so free that rule off with stress at the same time and the only kind of help that I was offered was to ring hospitality action which is the company that my company at the time worked with and there was nothing there was nothing else that was really said to me or there was no kind of help really given to me to to get through that period and so there was three team members in my team of five who were off of stress at at one t- one time and as far as i'm aware they weren't given any professional help either I don't know that I don't I, I can't say they did or not but if it was the same as me then they they weren't and this is this is a, a kind of worldwide business I'm talking about so this is a a huge business that's in lots of different countries everywhere you look you'll see that company and I just think that if if a if a huge worldwide business isn't taking mental health seriously that's that's pretty bad that's really really bad and I think that well based on my my own experience I think that companies when when you when you begin a job as a new starter you have to take certain tests and you have to take certain assessments so for instance on your on your first day you'll take a um well like a desk safety test so you you'll see whether your your desk chair and your your computer monitors at the right height and then you'll take a fire safety fire risk assessment test so you know what to do in the event of an evacuation of your building or you'll take a what what's another one there's oh, a cyber security test that so that you don't click on a suspicious email but where does mental health in the workplace come into that there's nothing there's nothing in any job that I've been at where you take a test to help somebody with their mental health or there's nothing in the workplace that will help you with your mental health that you have to take when you start a job. And I really think that 
that should be a thing. I, I don't think that you should go into a job, particularly in, in the current the current world where coronavirus is still ongoing and it's a really I think it's a really difficult world to work in at the minute because you're put under a lot of pressure. Every job that you go into, there's pressure, there's targets, there's yeah, you you put under a lot of pressure and there's nothing really to to help with that. And I just really think that mental health in the workplace needs to be a compulsory thing. And I think it's so important because you're essentially committing 25% of your life whilst you're with that company to working for them because you're working for them, what, seven, eight hours a day. That's a quarter of the day, five days a week if you're working full time. You're committing a lot of time to that company and if they're not looking after your mental health properly, that's not a good thing. And I'm pleased to say that now I'm working in a role where mental health is heavily invested in i'm even working in a department that's responsible for public health and well-being so that's that's pretty cool um and it's it's kind of it's helped me going into that sort of role and and coming out of the role that i was in because i'm i'm now able to concentrate on myself a little bit more i think even though i've got less time because i've had to go into the office instead of working at home in this role I feel like I've got more time to actually concentrate on myself and I don't have that worry of oh I need to log on at this time or I need to do this I need to do that this I've got pressure to do this I feel less under pressure now working probably longer hours and having having to travel half an hour to 45 minutes in the car each way and arriving home later because I usually be at home than what I did when I was working at home which is which is which is really 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 weird um but I just thought I'd bring that up because I think that companies should invest more in mental health in the workplace and it's not it's not a thing at the moment I mean there's there's stuff that companies are doing around mental health but they're not it's not a compulsory thing so I just think that if anybody who's working in a HR position or a, a position of authority listening to this podcast, then t- take, a, take a look at yourself and, and just see what you can do in terms of that respect because I think that it needs to be taken a little bit more seriously. So one other thing that I really wanted to talk about was I'm... So I've got them here because I don't... Basically, when when you take um, when you take medication for your mental health, so if you're diagnosed with any mental health condition, and I'm sure people listening to this will will sympathise with me, you get given tablets to take that you haven't got a clue how to pronounce the name of. So I've got so at the moment I was taking fluoxetine, which is absolutely fine to pronounce, all sort of, and I called up the doctor and said I'm not getting on with them they're they're actually I thought they're making me more anxious and I was taking 20 milligrams got told to go up to 40 and I don't think they're working still so my doctor is now prescribing with mitazaplin 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 I don't know but basically I'm taking both fluoxetine and 
the other tablets at the same time. So I'm taking 20 milligrams of fluoxetine in the morning, which is half my dosage that I was taking, and 15 milligrams of the other one in the evening. And what I'm finding is, again, I'd love to know if somebody else has taken these tablets because I don't know anybody else that has so far, the metazapine ones, what they're called, because they're making me feel so, so tired. I'm literally sleeping all the time. So whenever... I'm not working. And even when I'm at work, I feel really, really tired. So if anybody's had an experience in taking these tablets, then give me, give me a message because I've done a little bit of research and it it does, it does say that some of the side effects are drowsiness and tiredness, but this is the first time I've actually experienced that on tablets. So if you've taken them, yeah, give me a DM because I'd love to know how you've gotten with them. So yeah, cheers. So the final thing that I want to talk about this week is that I've booked onto a mental health first aider course in November and because she's done one already I've brought my lovely wife on here again to speak about it. So hello. Hi. You've not been on here for about what over a month now? Yeah. So it's been a while. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So 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 tell me about the first the mental health first aid course what why did you decide to do it and what did you get out of it um I decided to do it because my work decided they needed mental health first aiders um and they said that there's a course available and to be honest I did it a little bit as a selfish reason because I wanted to learn more about myself because when I did the course I was going through a bit of a bad patch so I thought it would help me so (laughs) to be perfectly honest but at the same time obviously it's good to learn to be able to help others um and it's yeah it was a two-day course and you basically go through all the different mental health issues that there are so the first day yeah it's two days obviously um the first day was just anxiety suicidal thoughts um suicide uh, depression and um you don't have to remember all of them self-harm self-harm sorry (laughs) um so yeah it's pretty heavy you literally go through each scenario and then go through what you think a person with depression would feel like and what would be going through their head how you can help them and and then you do the same with all the other scenarios and then on day two you then go on to other things like um schizophrenia um psychosis psychosis Oh gosh, I can't even remember what yeah, I went through. But, but basically, oh bulimia, uh, anorexia, okay. all the different scenarios, and then they then you basically go through um, if someone was to come to you with problems needing help, how you help them, how you don't get too involved, how you don't put yourself in a vulnerable situation, um, and then they give you booklets, and it's got. So, like big booklets has got so much information about the different conditions and about um different help and contact numbers for 
those different areas and ha- where you can point people in the right direction and things. It's really interesting. Like I recommend if you ever get an opportunity to do it, just do it because it's yeah, it's just really good. Because I I've when I went to book it online, I thought that I could only do a virtual one, but I've just found out I actually can go in and go into a classroom and get and do it. And there's a, there's a limit of eight people. Oh, that's even better. So another thing that I found um, on the course I was on, there was 13 people in the room. And then the first thing he, the guy running it did, he was like, hi, my name's whatever. I can't remember what his name was. Dave. My name's Dave. Um, I've been suffering from schizophrenia for... No, it's not, sorry... I can't. Oh, sorry. I've been suffering you said from suicidal thoughts. Didn't yeah, you? I've been suffering from suicidal thoughts for um, like fifteen years. I still get suicidal thoughts now. This is what this is what's happened in my life. This is what I've done. This is how I cope. And then went round the room, and then each person told their story, and I just couldn't believe that every single person in that room had a story. Pretty much everyone had been to counselling, and. Um, everyone had dealt with different things. So then when it comes to the section where he said, um, what does a person with anxiety feel like? We all just whacked it on the board straight away. But it was just so nice to be in a room with people that had had those feelings and stuff. So that was the f- that was probably the first time where I didn't feel like I was the only person with mental health issues. And like, that's why I've sort of said to you quite a lot, do it, do it. It'll be, yeah. It's really good, it's really good, because you learn so much from it. Yeah, it's really interesting, especially, like, the different um, mental health issues that haven't affected you personally. Like, you learn so much about them. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to going on that course, because I've, I've said to you about doing it for a while, so ever, whatever, ever since you said about doing it, haven't, haven't I? So, yeah. Um, I think it'd be a really good experience for me. And do you feel like you've on the back of that you kind of understand yourself a little bit more now and you understand like kind of what we've both been through from different aspects oh definitely yeah definitely that's good because I, I think that I've, I think I've spoken about it before but it's really like you've just said it's really difficult to understand what what a certain mental health problem is unless you actually suffered with it and it's it's just really difficult to kind of understands so for, for instance i've already talked about the the andy flintoff freddie freddie flintoff i can't remember what his name is i think his actual name is andy, andy isn't Fli- it? yeah yeah well, i've talked about his bulimia program and again it's one of those things where unless you get it spelled out to you and you or unless you suffer with it you don't really understand it so it'd be really good to kind of look at stuff from that aspect yeah i don't know if you've already said it but like when we was watching it we couldn't believe when he's Bulimia wasn't just being sick. Yeah, there was yeah, a, I said that. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't believe that. Like, I didn't know that even after doing that course. Yeah, but I, I just think, yeah, I, I got Tara on to speak about that because I just think that I'm really excited to do that course and if you do get the opportunity, like Tara's just said, do that course because it is really valuable because you get to understand about not just the mental health condition that you're suffering with, but all kinds of mental health. It kind of opens your eyes up a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. It's quite, after the two days, it's very draining because it's quite heavy. But, yeah, so I remember after the first night, 
I got home, I was like, I'm so tired, I just need to go to bed. <laughs> and then after the second day, I was like, right, let's go do something fun, like go out for dinner or something, because yeah. it is a real heavy topic to deal with, especially two days in a row. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah, thanks for coming on again. That's all right. Okay, love you, bye. Bye.